In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi, everyone. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. I'm Michelle. And we have a little holiday treat for you. <laughs> we're going to be watching Sherlock. <laughs> uh, the the not-so-treat part, we're watching Reichenbach Fall, so you might want to have Kleenex handy. And chocolate, like we have. Yes, but we are going to be doing commentary for it, because, I mean, for a while, I've been kind of wishing the one thing I miss about, you know, having the podcast and talking to people on Ravelry is that we don't get to actually watch this stuff with people. It's more fun when you get to watch with nerds. And sort of, you know, getting everybody together in a movie theater in Toronto or something like that. Which we will do someday. (laughs) (laughs) Or organizing some sort of Knit One Geek 2 con. Yes. I am never organizing. That would be so cool. (laughs) I'll do it. I'll organize it. Oh, God. (laughs) And I'll make sock monkeys for everybody. Oh, God, the Michael Michael crack is starting already. (laughs) We saw this together the very first time yes, didn't we, we so did. yes so we experienced almost it. exactly two years ago two, has it been two years oh yes. my gosh it has yes. yes it has i think i saw something on tumblr or pinterest like these are the list of things that happened while we were waiting for season three to these are the back. things that came back before sherlock did yeah and Gallifrey was one of them <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry spoiler there <laughs> I might be able to edit that out, because I should mention, too, once we actually start playing the episode, I can't edit anything. Yep. So you guys get to hear how we actually talk. Oh, This dear. may be a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing. I might, you know, try and cut out the... Well, not cut out, but at least zero the volume for if we have too many ums or things like that. But otherwise, you get us unfiltered. You know, somewhere about... Be afraid. 20 minutes into the movie when... Or into the episode when... I'm still lusting after Benedict's cheekbones. You go, okay, Maggie, this is getting a little redundant. Can we edit this out? Sweetheart, I don't think it ever gets old. Not his cheekbones. Not his cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Or Benedict, really. In fact, I this has been a... Will real... you keep to your frickin' hobbit? I get Benedict. <laughs> you get the doctor. This has been a Benedict weekend for me, or because watched uh, Star Trek. Yes! Uh, give me five. Give so me five. Yes. Give me five. On Christmas Day. <laughs> Just watched it, too. Yeah. Oh, he's hot. Yes, mm-hmm. he, is very, he is a hot fil- Stay away from my Benedict! <laughs> and I keep saying Kim could, should make that color. Eggs over my ben- uh Benedict over my ovaries or something like that. <laughs> ovaries over my Benedict. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> okay, so basically how this is going to work is I have our version on the TV and I've got the volume sort of set so that hopefully you guys will... You guys might hear a little bit of it in case you're listening to this as a podcast. Um, but hopefully it won't be too loud in case you do decide to listen along to your own version. If you want to listen along, I've got ours set to five seconds into the episode because the episode just starts. And, you know, sometimes some people's DVD players are slower than others. So get your DVD set up to five seconds in. I'll do three, two, one, unpause. You'll unpause the same time we will. And we will all watch together. Now we are also knitting. Yes. And spinning. And, and we have chocolate. <laughs> so you may hear the tinkle of gl- of ceramic or packages being opened, you know, or somebody running out for a tissue. Have you got your hanky yet? No, my hanky is upstairs. I think I'm, I'm going to deal without. So how many times has everybody seen this episode? Only the one. You've only seen it Only once? the one. I've seen it a few times. It's definitely one of the episodes. I think only the only episode I've seen less than this one is Blind Banker, and that's because Blind Banker is my good. 
Please remember, I have a child, so any adult TV time I get is sacred. I can tell you all kinds of things about Power Rangers and mm-hmm. Jake and the Neverland Pirates and other, you know, kids programming. But actually, before we go any further, let's get this party started. Yeah, let's go. Or this tear fest started, because, oh god, sad Watson face on my TV right now. Yeah, go have Watson. Leave my Benedict. <laughs> okay, so, everybody ready? Yep, mm-hmm. let's do this. Okay, three, two, one, Play. unpause. Oh, sad Watson face. I like her office. It's really pretty. I love the, the view of the outside with the rain for all of John Watson's tears that yeah. he did not allow himself <laughs> to Only express. on the panel behind him. Actually, now I'm kind of watching to see what you're saying. Yeah, because you can see it running down the, the window But it's not him. on the other windows. Well, this looked kind of angled. That's mm-hmm. true. You can see it raining. These are the tears of John Watson's yes. soul. Oh, God. Oh my god, I remember watching this the first time and just being like, oh god. He has such a difficult time that he runs off to Middle Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, the way his... uh, Martin Freeman in your stupid face. He's... (laughs) (laughs) He is a very good actor when it comes to being choked up and Mm -hmm. emotional and etc. The way Mm -hmm. he can barely get it out. The way yeah. his voice cracks and his voice kind of squeaks and... <sighs> I read some trivia that um, the reason why Sherlock likes the violin... Mm-hmm. And again, if anybody knows different or knows more... Uh, Steve s- send Thompson, us, congratulations for this episode. Let us know. But Love I read that Sherlock <laughs> loves the violin because it's something he actually had to work at and practice instead of it just being instant. I love how they have the painting, which <laughs> basically is reference. Well, re- refer- but it foreshadows, but it also references the place in the original story. Now, actually, <laughs> I love how John is translating for him. You're welcome, darling. Has anyone else here read read the uh, original story? No, I, I I've heard the audiobook. To be honest. Okay. Because I should mention too, like some background for this. This is obviously based on the the story, the final problem. Hence, why Moriarty keeps saying that in this episode. Um, and it's actually the first time we hear about Moriarty in the original stories is like 20 stories in and just before he actually before he actually goes over the falls of the Reichenbach with Sherlock because Arthur Conan Doyle wanted to kill off his main character so he basically invented his huge nemesis for this one story I love the look on his face <laughs> what do you mean put the hat on what do you- John hold this <laughs> I know it's a, an unusual hat nowadays, but I do like the look of the hat. <laughs> Boffin. I love British words. Everybody gets one. What? Tabloid, didn't they? Hugo. Nasty Nick. Jim Murray, I'll probably get one too. It's 
But yeah, basically the beginning of the final problem is Sherlock saying, John, have I ever told you about my biggest nemesis? John saying no. And then Sherlock going, well, let me tell you about my biggest nemesis that you've never heard about before. So Moriarty kind of comes just out of left field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's. I think there's a story or two later that he sort of like retcons back in <laughs> Moriarty backwards into existence. From what I know, Moriarty has one weakness, and it's an artist. Um, it's uh, paintings by one particular artist. I cannot remember what it is, but there is a short Conan Doyle story where Sherlock chases down and a painting that is up for sale, I think. And he knows Moriarty's going to try and take it mm-hmm. and get or get it because it's like it's his collection OCD thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh god. Oh, here we go. So Moriarty. This, Moriarty's this, drama queen moment. Yes. <laughs> Heavy on the queen. Yeah. Almost literally, considering he's wearing her jewels. I really felt that the actor who played Moriarty here, there are just certain actors, when they're on screen, you can't take your eyes off them. Mm-hmm. And he's one of them. Yeah, Andrew Scott is amazing, and I can't even imagine how they're going to create anyone as a character as amazing and perfect as Moriarty. (laughs) I love how John just walks by the dummy that's hanging (laughs) in the sitting room. But yeah, I know. I've seen Andrew Scott in interviews and stuff, and there is a, like moments in there where I'm like, he could still be Moriarty. <laughs> like I could be watching Moriarty doing this interview right now. My mom said he's the kind of guy that she would never want to meet in real life because she'd still just find him so creepy. Yeah, he he does <laughs> he just so looks like him. yeah he does He's so embodies him really well. Yeah, the the neck crack. Oh, it's so annoying. The way he holds the, out his bone like a like a dancer, yeah, hitting a pose. The part that's annoying to me is that gum chewing. <laughs> also, I like how each one of these little scenes involves tea in yeah. some in some way, shape, or form. I double checked the title of the music in the background and it's Rossini's Thieving Magpie. Is it? Yes. It's just so perfect on many levels. I want that app. (laughs) (laughs) There's an app. Breaking into the Tower Breaking into the Tower of London. There's an app for that. Apparently. Tigo sloshing. Oh god! Not Modern division! Oh, he's got his feet up on the desk and he's got like a muffin or a donut <laughs> in his hand. Needless to say, not our division has become 
<laughs> quite the catchphrase in the fandom. And hot tea. Slow yes. motion tea into the lap. Really, the way this whole thing is staged and the way it's done, it really makes it seem as though, and, you know, kind of appropriately makes it, it seem as though Moriarty sees this as an art form. He does, this actually... Is, this is his magnum opus. Actually, yeah. um, he was an aspiring artist in his youth. Mm-hmm. And because his artwork was... Um, oh, kind of like shaman. His art... <laughs> one person um, basically spurned his artwork... And that's when he decided, okay, if I can't be a professional artist, you can't be a professional whatever. And that was his first murder. You're right, like Hitler. Yeah. So in other words, be scared of art students. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As Megan grins in the background. Tell them everything's great. Yeah. You're really good! Yeah. I forget where I heard it on one podcast. That third head on the Mm -hmm. side of the dachshund, that looks great. Totally expressionist. And he dances up to the front. Yeah. I remember in the the behind the scenes for this, Andrew Scott says they had this piece of music that they were playing, and I had to dance to it as I was moving. He's like, "Well, I didn't have to, but I did." <laughs> it's just so, so that perfect. was just a little something he added. <laughs> oh, with with this kind of character? Oh yeah, yeah, go for yeah. it. And all of that counterpointed with all the cars screeching and. SWAT team get piling out of police vans. No rush. Beauty. <laughs> Certainly gets the episode off to a interesting start. Ooh, girl, Martin Freeman in your little dressing gown with your hair all wet after a shower. Here's a present I'd like to unwrap. (laughs) I love when Jim signs it with a little X. Like a little kiss. And I just realized, too, before this episode, there was a video that appeared on John's blog, quote-unquote, the website, where Moriarty basically is walking around 221B and commenting on things. So he would have seen the smiley face on the wall in 221B, and he does a smiley face in the O of Get Sherlock. Now, does he mean, like, Get Sherlock, like, get him, or bring him here? No, probably both. Yeah, I was thinking probably both, really. As in, I'm going to get Sherlock, and And, also uh, and all of you make sure that Sherlock is on this case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome music in this episode. Yeah. I think this is the only episode that uses source music too, or like commercial music. Also, I'm pretty sure I saw a Tumblr image 
a while ago that was said something to the effect of, or showed all the times that we see villains being walked down a yeah. corridor surrounded by guards. And some of them go into glass cages. Yes. Loki, Sherlock, <laughs> well, Loki, Benedict, whatever. Yeah. And pointing out how that never actually seems to work. Yeah. They're all, and they're always there because they want to be. Yeah. It does seem to be a, a kind of trend in movies and stuff now. Can block hero Sherlock Holmes. I think he was attempting to model the crown jewels, not steal. <laughs> yeah, considering he just sort of sat there. Yes. Would you mind your hand? Ugh, creepy. Ew. I wouldn't want to be her. <laughs> well, I highly doubt today's labor laws would allow it. Ew. And I'm not sure she, he'd be allowed to chew gum in a nope, courtroom. No. Especially the old Bailey. Oh, God. I'd almost forgotten for a sec. Two types of fans. Gee, I wonder which type is most of the Sherlock fandom. I think it's the your bedroom's only a taxi right away. Present company not accepted. Sherlock starts tightening the noose around his own neck. <laughs> Sorry. Slurpy. <laughs> the others have tea, I have Pepsi. I was tempted to slip some rum in it for this one. Thanks. Oh, God. <laughs> you and just want John Watson, just platonic? Not according to most of the fandom. <laughs> So I guess his uh, real-life wife is going to be yes. in the show this yep. year? Yep, she's going to be Mary Morstead! It's going to be awesome! I'm kind of worried about that last episode. Final bow? Yeah, his last bow. Is that where... I don't know what happens. Uh, we can discuss it okay. when we're not on recording. I don't know any spoilers, I should say. I have been avoiding spoilers like crazy. I have even blocked seeing anything that has the word Sherlock in it on Tumblr. Much less Sherlock spoilers, but anything with Sherlock in it. Because they have already aired the... Um, they had a, a special screening, like in a movie theater, for as a, a preview in London a couple weeks ago. So I'm avoiding any and all spoilers. Less than a week to go. I can make it. Oh god. 
Uh, Rewatching this. Ugh. I hate how that comes back to him. Yeah. Well, this whole episode, like re- when you rewatch it, and really, if you haven't seen it yet, why are you listening to us mm-hmm. while you watch it? Turn it off and watch the episode. <laughs> Turn us off and watch the episode first. But just oh, rewatching this, you get to see just how early and how Moriarty has made it so that he Sherlock tightens the noose around his own neck. He gets himself into the trap by being arrogant and cocky and a know-it-all. Like, say, here. By being smug in the courtroom. Yeah. That's from the actual story. <laughs> that description of how he's a spider in the middle of a web. I think Conan Doyle uses that analogy to sort of explain how, you know, little things can happen off in one section of the web and you wouldn't necessarily... Obviously, Moriarty isn't there, but he still feels them mm-hmm. and still, you know, controls them. Orchestrates from them. A da- yeah, from a distance. John's just thinking, like, oh god, here we go. Librarian! John's giving him a look like, don't screw this up. No. (laughs) And your answer is right in that cut. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. They don't even have to have him open his mouth. We just know. Oh. Beautiful shot right there. Yeah. I love the juxtaposition of Mm -hmm. him facing one way and and then the turning around. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, John Watson, you and your little suit. I just want to hug you. And then there's Maggie's Benedict, all tall and lanky and black. You made that sound... Never mind. What? Yeah, we also have... I have to say, I'd be more of a John Watson... That's camp. That's fine. More Benedict for me. I like them tall, hot, British, lanky. Yeah, I mean, he's they're both very good-looking men, but the whole Sherlock character is... Well, yeah, there's a difference. There's the separation between there's Benedict mm-hmm. and then there's Sherlock. Benedict is not like Sherlock. But if you're talking about the characters... Sherlock is the kind of guy you spend maybe five minutes with if you're lucky, if he doesn't, you know, completely piss you off before that. John Watson is the kind you marry. Exactly. If his relationship, friendship with Sherlock doesn't get in the way first. That's his long string of girlfriends. His his bromance, yes. Yes. I think on the Baker Street Babes, when someone described... This one, this Sherlock and the Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Sherlock as the most cock-blocking Sherlocks. 
Oh, that face! Ugh, Andrew Scott, you're so creepy. I think I've actually seen him in other in a couple other things, and it's just I I can't unsee Moriarty. By the way, there is a cat in the room now, in case you hear the occasional little whimper. So, as we look forward to the next episode after this, do you, I feel, is it Moriarty pulling Sherlock's strings, or do you think we're going to find out that Sherlock knew exactly what was going on every step of the way. I don't know. Both ideas are interesting. When you see that scene there, when he's... Yeah, when he's talking along with the lawyer and the, yeah. the, with the judge. And I'm trying to remember, did he know what the verdict would be? I think he did. Because the look on his face right here he doesn't seem surprised no just sort of like yeah that went kind of what I thought and then he goes to make tea so obviously exactly so that is a gorgeous teapot (laughs) so when you know when we think that he's putting the noose around his own neck and playing into all of Moriarty's traps it just makes me wonder if he didn't know exactly what he was doing. Hmm. Well, he often says the game is on. He, you, also, you have to be involved in the game in order for the game to go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of... On the one hand, yeah, it would make sense if he sort of knew the way everything was going. There are a couple bits in this, the way he seems to react to things, though, where he doesn't. Yeah, he does what's going seem on. a little overwhelmed or surprised or, yeah, caught yeah. off guard. And it would be really interesting character-wise if, you know, he comes back and he's had this experience where he was one step behind where he wasn't able to figure everything out. Like, he maybe figured out little things just before they happened, like, with Moriarty, like, you know, he could figure out early enough what Moriarty's endgame was to do something to not end up dead. (laughs) But where the entire plan, he wasn't that... Or wasn't you know, able to predict everything. Because we're just like you and I. He's a true boy. You're all the same. Up to the jury, of course. Got into the Tower of London, you know, but where my way into 12 hotels. Every hotel bedroom has a personalized TV screen. It's kind of hard when you see him talking to Moriarty to be able to tell, like, okay, did he just actually figure that out? Or... Is he playing it up because he knows it'll coax Moriarty into saying it? 
no problem. Drink. What's the fun problem? I did tell you. After the Benedict's lips wrapped around that teacup. You should see me in a crown. <laughs> I love that look. <laughs> There's actually a. I think it was made by. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was made by Disney. There's a movie called The Great Mouse Detective, which yeah. is basically Sherlock Holmes and Watson as mice fighting Professor Radigan, who is voiced by Vincent Price. So you know this is gonna be awesome. And there is actually a moment. Or a couple moments in it where Radikin is wearing a crown, or he he wants to basically that's what he wants to do. He wants to take over the British Empire and become king. And so I was watching it like a couple months ago. I decided to see. I'd probably seen it when I was a kid. I know he'd seen it when I was a kid, but I couldn't remember it most of it. And then <laughs> I'm watching it. He puts this crown on, and all I can think of is, "Honey, you should see me in a crown." It's like, oh my god, even the mouse version can't resist. Oh god. Oh my god, look at look at the way his shirt is stretching over those buttons. Like, seriously, I think the costume department can buy one size up for Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. <laughs> one does have the sense his suits are just a little too small. Mm-hmm. Not that I would complain if the man was wearing spandex or anything. <laughs> Ooh, could you imagine see him in one of those X-Men suits? Like, practically black did with... Star Trek. Star Trek. Okay. True. He did buff up for that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He did, and he had to lose weight again for Sherlock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he did buff up a little tiny bit for season two, if I remember correctly, of Sherlock, because he did. there was that, that scene at the beginning in the first episode where he's wearing nothing but a sheet. Oh, yes. And the sheet drops so that you can see part of him. And he was like, if I remember correctly, he said he he buffed up a little bit for that. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not going on TV. Looking totally pasty and Mm -hmm. pigeon-chested and 
Oh, Mycroft. Poor John. <laughs> Poor John. He always ends up in these cars just dragging him off to places. Oh, yes, the Diogenes Club. I forgot about this bit. Face, the older guy. I think he played the oldest guy there. He played Sherlock in one of the early movies. Dark Gators always seems to be having so much fun playing Minecraft. good question to think of and maybe re-examine later too as things go on in the episode. How much does Mycroft know at any given point? Yeah, I haven't decided if he is friend or foe. I don't know. There are some things where it's like, okay, I can totally see Mycroft knowing exactly what's going on and being maybe involved with what Sherlock's doing, maybe not involved with Sherlock's doing, but still knowing exactly what's going on. Or there's other points where I'm kind of like, maybe he doesn't know what's going on. Maybe it's, again, cooler character-wise if he doesn't know what's going on. Nicholas Smurfs. I really would love to get more information about Mycroft and Sherlock's childhood. Yeah. Um, I think Mycroft, I can't remember, one of them was kidnapped and the other one saved saved him. I think it was Mycroft that was kidnapped and Sherlock broke the case. And ever since then, Mycroft is like, nope, no more legwork for me. <laughs> Staying inside of an, of a, of an office. Again, though, that's sort of like one of those Tumblr trivia things, so it yeah. could be disputed. It could be complete bullshit. Yeah, it could. This is Tumblr. I think it also suits Mycroft's thing where he's just so posh and everything that he... Ugh, legwork. Oh, and I think someone mentioned that the red, the bird you see inside that seal is a magpie. Ah. Connecting it back to me. Uh, breadcrumbs. Here's 
Oh god. I can't remember if Donovan is supposed to be back in the new series. I think. Why do I think I know he is? She. She. Oh, he's done. Oh, is she? Anderson. Okay. Anderson is, is the one yes. that's okay. convincing Lestrade that he's yeah. back. He's yeah. the one with Have the you beard. seen the? Yeah. There was a, a little yes. mini so released on the twenty fourth. Yeah, we watched yeah. that actually with Trey. <laughs> Sherlock, you're such a bastard. You are an ass, Sherlock. Fairy tales. Yeah, I can't remember. Like I said, I can't remember if Donovan's supposed to be back, which is. Eh, I don't know. Maybe a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure I trust this writing team not to just bash the hell out of her. Well, she's just such a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Like, I have not bonded with her in the yeah. least, so they got rid of her, I'd be fine with that. See, I can see why she's reacting the way she does. Because Sherlock can be incredibly insufferable. I think it's professional jealousy yeah. that's driving it, though. But, at the same time, like, does it really make sense that she would... Well... She would let that get to her as much. I mean, she is a detective in the Met. They don't just, you know, take anybody. And I really can't wait for the explanation of Anderson's character change. Though, and I would think that Anderson would know all that stuff from looking at the footsteps. John being his usual reminder of how normal humans work. Yeah. Yeah. 
yesterday. End of town, parents milling around, chauffeurs star. There's one more stranger among that one. I forget if we... Okay, we kind of see his face a little bit. I think some people have pointed out that the actor who is going up the stairs there looks like, I think, the one that's in um, Scotland Yard that is obviously the one going after Lestrade at the end. <laughs> oh, Molly. Ass munch. I still love you, but ass munch. <laughs> Poor Molly. Oh, he's all like lunch date with us, and he pulls out two bag two packages of crisps. She's a great actress to play that role. Mm-hmm. Especially in this one where she gets to develop even more, really. Yeah, especially towards the end of this episode. Yeah. Where she gets more to play other than just, oh god, here's time for Sherlock to, to humiliate Molly again. Like, right here. Repeated quotes on Tumblr and Pinterest. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is if there's anything I can do, anything you need, anything at all, you can have me. No, I just mean, I mean, if there's anything you need, it's fine. I'm sure that's kind of stunned here. Oh, you're going to need a lot from her later. Oh my god. That was painful. You could see it. I think it's more like he still has no idea what just happened. Like all of a sudden, oh my god, there's an aspect to Molly Hooper I never imagined before. I seem to remember the first time we watched this, there was dead silence through the entire episode until the end. 
there's just so many little hints and moving parts that you have to keep tabs on. Mm-hmm. That's why I've, I've rewatched it quite a few times. Yeah, and trying to figure out how bits fit in or whether they actually fit in. Because there are a few bits in here that are sort of like, okay, that's maybe stretching credibility a little bit. I missed that the first time we watched it where yeah. he's talking about the homeless network. I love that he keeps using it. Because he has yeah. a he has a, his network in the books. Yeah. And it does tie into Rhododendron. Also ties into theory at the end. The homeless yeah. network ties into the theory. Because everyone's Right. Seems to think that all the people at the end are homeless network and in on it. And then the rhododendron there, some people have given as a possible theory, because apparently that strain of rhododendron, if ingested, will slow your heartbeat enough. To the point of appearing dead. Appearing dead. It was in the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, it's mentioned in Robert well. Downey Jr. Okay. It also, I think someone also said that it also causes like runny eyes and runny nose. Which, at the end... Explains why he looks like he's crying. Yeah. Ah. Or makes it easier for him to fake it, though we know he can fake tears. Yeah, I... So my prediction is... He is not the patsy that we would believe he is in this episode. So that he actually knows more about what's going on yes. than we see? Yeah. That he's playing Moriarty by leading him to believe. And that his goal was to go underground for a period of time because there was something he needed to do off the grid. So even more intentionally faked his death yes. then. Other than just, I need to get out of this situation. No, it was... But also, like, I need to... With more forethought, he's like, I need to get underground and make everybody think I'm dead so that I can go after Moriarty's web. Exactly. Not be myself. (laughs) He turns down the collar when he tells him that. The collar's turned up otherwise, but he turns it down. See, I really kind of want to see them explain that too. Something about Sherlock and Magic Kidnap. What's she said? 
like why she starts screaming when she sees Sherlock. Yeah. Like how they set that up. Ah, so creepy! The IOU just appearing across the street. I mean, it's not that hard, especially in that dim facility. All he would need would be a wig and an appropriate coat. Yeah. I guess that would be traumatizing enough. Or make enough of an impression to traumatize the person who they think is dead that looks like him. That's another theory I've heard that, yeah, that somehow he got the person who scared the kids was killed by Moriarty because Moriarty is tying up loose ends. Yeah. And happens to be in the morgue. That's a bit coincidental. Also, finding someone who looks like Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, see, that was (laughs) the thing that I couldn't figure out is how does she just on demand produce a corpse? Yeah. That, you know, is six foot 20 (laughs) with dark curls. Oh, God. And this is where it all goes wrong. This is where... Oh, God. I remember watching this the first time. All of a sudden, I flash back to the very first episode where she tells Watson... One day there's going to be a corpse here. One day it's not going to be enough. Solving crimes aren't going to be enough. There's going to be a corpse. All going to be a corpse, and we're going to be standing around, and we'll be... Sherlock who put it there. Sherlock who put it there. It's like, oh, shit! Tying it back from the first episode... That's I don't like her because I just feel that right from the start she wanted to bust him. Mm-hmm. Though in that case, like a lot of times in this case, these sort of cases, I tend to not blame the character I tend to blame the writers yeah because <laughs> I mean these characters are created by writers yeah and sometimes she's just it's a like, little too much of a vendetta. really you know she's supposedly this crack detective mm-hmm. she's a little too wanting him to topple him mm-hmm. Like, and it had to be a female detective. Yeah, exactly. Acted that way, guys. Seriously, Muppet. <laughs> okay, if this is seriously seriously supposed to be his alter ego, reading the story, it's still the, the creepiest children's television it presenter is. I have ever seen. It was that point when Lestrade puts his hand, his head in his hand that I go, oh man, this is all going so south. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is all going so bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, Greg Lestrade, come here and let me give you a hug, you silver fox. Yeah. Easy on me. <laughs> My mom really likes, likes yeah. Lestrade. Not that I can blame her. Because, <laughs> girl. Oh. Okay, how does Sherlock Holmes get into a cab and not notice that his arch enemy is driving the cab? It's the back of the head. It's the cab, you remember? It's so absurd. But especially since that happened already. Yeah. That happened in a case. 
it's also kind of like, okay, so the convenient timing that he happens to stop the cab right there, and there happens to be a gun- gunman already there no, to shoot the guy. That's already explained. As? Because everybody has their eyes on Sherlock. By the way, uh, one of the other trivias I read, all of the cabs, except for obviously that one, that mm-hmm. Sherlock takes mm-hmm. are Mycroft cabs. They have a rotational cab that is just for Sherlock. Sherlock doesn't know this, but it's one of the ways Mycroft keeps tabs on him. So it stands to reason... That's a bit like... It stands to reason that Moriarty would very easily find a way to keep tabs on Sherlock. Yeah, but in that case specifically, like, that's a sniper shot from somewhere that Sherlock can't even see. Like a shooter. Okay. So how does someone get into place that fast when they've been driving in a cab? Unless, I mean, okay, Moriarty could figure out, okay, it'll take, you know, this much time for the video to play. As soon as it ends, Sherlock's going to be, like, telling me to stop the cab, so it'll be right here. There's a couple other points where it's like, really, someone just happened to be there. At the right time, or just happen to be following Sherlock, yet also be, you know, far enough away and in a position where they can actually get a shot. Also, I love Mrs. Hudson. I was talking over the cameras, I had my 90 line. He's not having boops in the forehead. <sighs> if I got to touch Gregory Lestrade, that wouldn't be my first move to boop him in the forehead, but anyway. Yeah, really. <laughs> Other places I'd touch first. Well, then again, you're not Sherlock. <laughs> I do hope he has handcuffs. Did they carry handcuffs? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. They don't carry guns, I'm sure they carry handcuffs. Or zip ties. Zip ties are just as good, really. Don't have to worry about anybody losing the key. <laughs> Maggie's just looking at us like, oh god. <laughs> Maybe I should just have more chocolate. <laughs> After watching this, I think my appetite for chocolate is gone. <laughs> Not unless Sherlock... Well, yeah, considering, considering it involves poison Sherlock. Not unless poison Sherlock chocolate. comes to save me. Yes, you do. <laughs> exactly. John is so right. <laughs> John is the biggest Hufflepuff of them all. Not even more like a no, grip, there is puff. only a game between you and Moriarty. You won't let anybody else in. <laughs> nice one, John. 
Okay, John Watson, Hufflepuff or Gryffindor? Uh, actually, no, 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 no. He's. I think I saw this. I can't remember what it is. Damn it! I think he's a Gryffindor. See, he's brave, but compassionate. It's also also like all a lot of his his scenes of bravery, bravery, his biggest bravery moments are when he's rescuing Sherlock or helping Sherlock in some way. So I'm wondering if, does, in that case, does the loyalty, the Hufflepuff, then sort of take over at that point? Yeah. I'm leaning towards Hufflepuff. Okay. Might have taken a while for the sorting hat to figure it out. Okay, that does makes no sense, Anderson, but whatever. That whole... What if he's done this to us every single time? Okay, if you think about it for more than five seconds, you'll realize that's kind of impossible. But then again, I don't think I think people have mentioned that with like, oh, how could Moriarty think this plan would work and all this other stuff. But then I don't think Moriarty was thinking it had to work beyond like a twenty-four hour time span. Oh, hey, I think that's from the Hulak. <laughs> Gingerbread man! Burned. I don't know. Maybe that thing that Moriarty said back in the pool? In the great game? I will I'll burn you? I will burn the heart out of you. Mm hmm. Mm, look how he wraps that scarf. Well, somebody's got handcuffs. But yeah, I think... I don't think Moriarty needed an airtight plan. I think he just needed it to work long enough to push Sherlock to the point where he... See, her is... The, she's the one that I would want to deck right now. Yeah. Again, the cut just says everything. Love it. <laughs> I just gets him holding his nose. And... Lestrade just goes like, oh god. Oh, for the love of Peter. Oh, for Lock. the love of God. Ah, the IRU in the background! Oh, I didn't notice that the first Ooh, time. Yep. Good one, Karen. I did see it on the internet afterwards. Seriously, if you were to do. <laughs> yes, go after him, Lestrade. Honestly, yes, keep moving. <laughs> this is where I would have, if Sherlock, I would have, as Sherlock, I would have, you know, done the tires, the cars. Oh, shot out the tires? Yeah. I think that's too long. 
he it would take him too long to focus on something down that someone could come in and tackle him. True. Just getting the heck out of there would probably be better. deduce that he's being followed. Oh, here comes the night bus. Okay, at least this long, this long it takes a little longer. The guy gets to talk a little longer before he gets shot, so it may be reasonable that a sniper is trying to get into position. You can see on his face that something has just twigged. Well, yeah. Rich Brook, I'm sure, as soon as he heard that, was like, oh boy, that just clicked. I hate this part. I so hate this part. Yeah. I can't oh. watch this part. I, I really can't. It just features some brilliant acting by Andrew, Sh- Andrew Scott, though. Yeah. Like, he's so good. And she's good, too, because you can... Oh, cool. The camera does focus on it for a second. There, She has the words make-believe on her wall. Above the stairs. And the, fo- the camera does focus on it for one second before pulling focus to Sherlock's face. Oh, God. See, the look on Sherlock's face there, I don't think he was expecting that. Yeah. It just keeps going downhill from here. Sherlock Holmes hired to be Moriarty. Dr. Watson, I know you're a good man. Don't, don't, don't hurt me. 
No, you were more arty. He's more arty. We've met. Remember, you were gonna blow me up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. He paid me. I needed the work. And there's one little bit in here too. Well, where is it? One moment when he just drops the act when only Sherlock is looking at him and he just gives him this look like I have so got you right now. Oh, in that moment it's on DVD and he looks over at Sherlock again because the DVD and the cab. Oh my god! I'm sad he's not going to be in the, <laughs> in the series yeah, anymore because he's so good. He is. But at the same time, it's not really a character you can. Ooh, girl. His furious face. Um, but at the same time, it's not really a character that you can keep going forever. Like, it is that fine balance of finding, like, when is the best moment to end it. Oh, yeah. And because if it goes on too long, then it's like, oh, God, Moriarty, yeah, no. Know. It was just the right amount that mm -hmm. you just felt like... And it is really interesting the way they said it at this point. Oh god, he just figured it out. Oh god. But yeah, it's interesting how they, they put this at sort of at the beginning of Sherlock's career just when he's gaining some fame. Gaining some fame. And when he's still a very young man, as opposed to in the books when it's later. Oh God! I hope to God he's not faking this. I have a bad feeling he probably is, but I really hope he's not faking it. I think he's phrasing things very carefully to get her attention. Mm hmm But I hope there's at least some truth in the emotion and stuff behind what he's saying. Not that he's just doing it that way to be manipulative right, and, and get, get her to what do he what he wants. wants. Yeah. But, I mean, we have seen him manipulate people like that before, so there's part of me that, like, can't quite trust that he isn't doing the same thing now. 
Yeah, I. No, I think he. He likes her her innocence and her mm-hmm. lack of guile. And it's more interesting if there is more, something more honest to it too, because that actually shows like character development. If he was just manipulating her, then it's like. I think I mean, so. There's no development there. She reminds me a bit of John in that she sees him mm-hmm. and aspects to him that others don't, and she cuts right through the crap and says what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely John is definitely a little more well, obviously more harder and slightly more damaged and. Again, does it work like that? Anyway. Oh, that's so creepy. He even moves his head a little bit in that little snake-like way that he's supposed to in the canon. See, in this bit, I'm like, I have a hard time believing Mycroft would really do that without knowing, without realizing well, that he was giving ammunition to. That's why I think that. Ooh, he's so bad there. And it's so awesome. And he's not yelling, which is why it's even better. Yeah. He's seething. Now, is he saying, I'm sorry because I made a mistake? Or is he saying, I'm sorry because I know everything that's going to happen and you are going to be not happy at the end of all this? Rubber ball? Yeah. Theory number... 874. Apparently, okay, one, I just love that he's throwing it kind of like mm-hmm. in The Great Escape <laughs> when Steve McQueen is locked in a cell yeah. at a Nazi prison camp. He's just bouncing ball off the wall. Um, but apparently, if you put a rubber ball under your armpit, mm-hmm. it's supposed to um, make people unable to feel your pulse. Oh. So he's got the rubber ball, and you can see him there. Right, he's also got it in his hand. You see him roll it around and then roll it into his pocket. Right there. And then, of course, later. Ah. Now, do you remember the side Yep. Yeah, I've seen all these theories collected on Tumblr. Oh, God, same parts. We've actually been watching the earlier ones with my brother, who hasn't seen the series before. And like in the first episode when they show St. Bart's, I'm just like, Aah! Oh god!
Why he would go back to 221B when she'd either be so close to dead that they but she's dead before they can get her in the ambulance. And he's not going to get there in time. Or they'd be getting her in the ambulance and well, rushing exactly. to the hospital. <laughs> and John Watson would know that because he's a doctor. <laughs> and yeah, he'd be pretty freaked out. But I still think there might be something in his head that would say, wait a minute. Why am I going to T21B, not to a hospital? But, oh. I suddenly have images of Grover, sorry, in my head. <laughs> Sesame Street fever. Uh, and actually the phone call that John gets has a parallel in the original story. They're at this hotel near the Reichenbach Falls because they've run off because Moriarty's coming after them. On to really little holiday. And they, they're out on a hike, and someone runs up to John with a message that someone at their hotel, back at their hotel, has come down sick or something like that, and they need a doctor. So John's like, "Oh, I must go and run off." And of course, he gets back, and they're like, "No, we didn't send a note." And he's like, "Crap!" <laughs> runs back. Help for it. Yep. But by the time he gets back, he just finds a note and lots of messy footprints around the cliff of the falls. I he love doesn't actually see anything. The sky in the background uh, during yes. this scene. Did you almost start to wonder if I was real? This scene. The, 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 the caliber of acting between the two of them. <sighs> the jousting and the circling. Mm-hmm. Just the intensity of the yeah. scene. It's just amazing. This scene is the one that makes me pissed that this was not the episode they submitted to the Emmys. Oh. For some reason, for, like, best miniseries and for other... I don't know if it was, like, a timing thing or, like, when the cutoff date was because of when it aired in the States. But, like, for some reason, or because it was Moffat's episode, but for some reason, it was um, Scandal in Belgravia. Mm. That was... They have to pick... They have to do one episode. Right. Like, submit one episode for, like, the writing awards. It has to be for a specific episode. And it was Scandal and Belgravia, not this one. Which, like, what were you thinking? So creepy. I hadn't heard the word doofus in such a long time. <laughs> and yet he makes it terrify, even though it's like a fourth grade insult. So the question is right there when Sherlock's saying that, like, how did you, and seeming stunned, is he really stunned or is he faking? Yeah, there's just a little too much of him being caught off guard in this episode. For me to buy, she was a tall building. Ah. That he's the victim. Yeah, see that. 
bit, I don't know, faking? Well, especially because, okay, this could be faking whether he knew the entire time or not, because at this point he has decided, like, I have this set up in case I need to jump. So he would be faking right there. Uh, pretty grim ones. Grim. But um, bump. Really Moriarty puns. I love Mrs. Hudson. She's so adorable. Oh God. Uh. I owe you still over on the other building. Police, sort of. <laughs> I'm sad that wasn't in the captioning, actually. For me. <laughs> uh. No. <laughs> oh, he's so creepy. interesting there. It's all, I'm wondering if Sherlock is checking exactly. Because he says everyone, but then Sherlock keeps mentioning the names, waiting for him to and then he says three bullets, three gunmen. So he knows exactly who the people are and knows that Molly is not one of them. You pop. I told you how this ends. Oh, and it yeah, this, this all just felt a little too. Okay, yeah, this feels manipulative. Andrew Scott is so good in the way too that he plays Moriarty with those intense like swings in mood and yeah. like one minute he'll be talking very softly and then he'll scream it and then mock and yeah and then back to normal and then back into crazy and it's like it's something I feel like I've seen other actors do and it seemed kind of like really <laughs> they're just all over the place with him it definitely feels more like this this snake about to strike Yes. It feels like this intensity that just builds. <laughs> okay, that last little bit. <laughs> what? What is it? Yes. I've seen a number of Tumblr gifs with, like, <laughs> the Tumblr logo plastered over Moriarty's face and, and the word Moffat over Sherlock's. <laughs> He's just laughing. He's like, what? What is it? What did I miss? <laughs> Big brother, and all the king's horses couldn't make me do a thing I didn't want to. I'm not my brother, remember? 
The skyline there is really cool too. Yeah. Just that mix of it's yeah. old buildings and new buildings and which is really the show in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, that look is so intense between them. Hey, lens flares. Did J.J. Abrams get his hands on this? No. <laughs> oh, he's so creepy. Oh. I forget if this was the point when we were first watching it when, when I was clutching your hand, Maggie. <laughs> I don't think it was just yet. <laughs> yeah, the this scene, the intensity, this whole bit on the rooftop. I don't think any of us moved. It, I still find it riveting. Yeah. As people will probably notice by the gaps in the discussion. Yeah. Because, oh my god! As long as I'm alive, you can save your friends. Mm. I think we might have screamed at that point. Yeah. That I didn't see coming. Yeah, yeah. none of us saw Definitely coming. Definitely didn't see that coming. We yeah. didn't, and Sherlock did I don't not think, see yeah, coming. I don't think Sherlock saw that coming. Because at this point, when he starts running his fingers through his hair, like this, he's like, oh shit, my backup, my backup, my backup did not work. It Especially not because work. one of the things right there, too, is like, okay, who would he, who is he putting the performance on for? Like, I mean, we're watching him, yeah. But, but like, his reaction there, like, there's no one there in in world to see it. So he has no reason to actually react that way. <sighs> God, where is the dead-eyed stare? Wow. If you didn't think he was creepy before, <laughs> check out what uh, <laughs> oh God. mortem does to him. Here we go. Okay. Uh. Uh, if you want to, you can close your eyes, and I will. I'll tell you when stuff ends. Honey, I can still hear it, and I, I have I the scene memorized. Can. I'm just trying to help. Oh God! <laughs> this is heartbreaking. Oh my God! Okay. Please. Notice the building in between where John just dro- dropped off. Okay, so you can see the building in between where Sherlock lands and where John is talking. I'm just, I'm going, I think at this point, even when we originally watched it, I was going into analytical mode. <laughs> You are fine. You are finding distancing myself. Yes, from you are finding your place. Yes. John's like, nope. 
He thought it was a brother. Oh, that little laugh when his tears are in his eyes. Oh god, I just saw one drip off his chin. No, you didn't, because you got the sister wrong. You thought it was a brother. John puts his hand out and the yeah. shot of Sherlock putting his hand out and, oh my god it's my note it's my note see the worst part about this is like I keep getting all feelsy and like people who don't understand the feels are all like but it's all fake and it's like but John doesn't know that no. John is watching his best friend and platonic, well, maybe not platonic, life partner, partner yeah. like, tell him that he's a fake and then jump off a building. Like, that is... Ugh. Okay. <laughs> and into the TARDIS. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. And I would like to state for the record, that's not a dead body on the way down. <laughs> You can no. see arms windmilling. Yeah. Okay, truck. For a second, you Homeless can see the truck. Yeah. yeah. Okay, John gets knocked over. You can, for a second, before that, there goes the truck, goes pulling the away. Truck. truck has bags of something in the back. People are surrounding Big Charlotte. bags of something that he could have landed on. There is also a cut between one shot of Sherlock falling and something landing on the ground. There could be minor time elapse there. Or a little switcheroo. Temporary switcheroo. Oh god. And Okay, and then there's all the people trying to keep him away. Lots of blood. Yeah. And John, okay, John does manage to get his pulse, but he is kind of, you know, dopey at the moment. Yeah, and someone's pulling, pulling and him away. And traumatized. So, like, he does get to... So it's, you know, arguable whether he would be able to feel the pulse even. And then there's the whole rubber ball thing. So they... they rolled, That's definitely Benedict. They rolled him over. Yeah. Do you think it's definitely him there now? Well, one, like, when you flip it upside down, it does kind of look like him. And, and two, like, I saw filming pictures okay. for the scene where, you know, they do have Benedict with the blood makeup on. But, like, too, like, that's not the way people, like, put someone who's just jumped up, jumped up a building onto a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they're pretty sure he's dead, like, well, if they're pretty sure he's dead, they'd call the cops and cover the body with a sheet. Right. If they thought there was any chance that he could still be alive, there would be back brace, neck collar, a whole bunch of other things that they'd be doing. Oh, God, John. 
Oh, and the worst part in that theme is in that section is where they have like the sad Watson piano theme from the very beginning of the series. Again, how much does Mycroft know? <laughs> I want answers, damn it! Bastard Mycroft. <sighs> One week. Less than a week. Oh, John. Oh god. And here we are again, where we started. He can barely even get that out. Mrs. Hudson. Weeping Angel statue. So it is. <laughs> well, Angel statue. I can't quite see the position of the hands to see if it's an actual Weeping Angel. Creepy thing is somebody actually went to the the cemetery where they filmed this. That statue is not there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they took a picture from the same angle. They're like, wait a minute. Where is that Angel statue? Ah, behind you. I mean, it could have been just something, a prop that they added because it made the landscape look better yeah it could be that you know they had this bit is actually not in the cemetery it's in a bit of land sort of on the outskirts of it and they just needed to make it look like it was more in the cemetery proper it could be that it's an actual statue but it was gone for restoration at that time who knows it's just pretty amusing <laughs> or it could be chasing someone yeah <laughs> don't blink john <laughs> oh god this man and the most human human being I ever knew. Now, is Sherlock hearing this? I don't know. I don't know if he's close enough. Uh, kill me. Yeah. He points to the stuff, <laughs> to the flowers and the grapes. I love the shot right here. Oh god, the reflection yeah. where you can see him put his hands. In. Oh god, he's crying. Oh man, Martin Freeman, you and your stupid face. That's right. Be nice to the Hobbit. <laughs> oh, and the way he straightens up, straightens up, and gives a nod. Almost and then just in military, military style, yeah. turn and walks away. And marches away. Oh god. It does look fairly 
far. Yeah, he wouldn't be able so to So I hear don't it. know if he could hear it. But he would see. But he would definitely see Yeah. the body language. Yeah. Uh, I think he... we all screamed as soon as yeah. we saw Sherlock, too. You know, Apparently the he first drove time. them there. He was the cabbie for dri- driving to the graveyard. <laughs> What's with people in this episode not knowing who what? the driving them? No, again, uh, I'm sorry. I went on a splurge with the Pinterest, Tumblr, trivia, okay. yada, yada. You know who's buried in Sherlock's grave? Moriarty. It would make sense. Like, like, it body. Makes sense. Uh, like and, to just swap the bodies. And apparently Close she cast, was cast the cabbie that drove them, drove Mrs. Hudson and John to the gravesite. And he drew on his experience with the cabbie. Okay, I'm rewinding to see if there's any evidence of this whatsoever. I looked for it. I looked for the cabbie. Any cabbie shot. And that is a great... Because I'm thinking that's Tumblr. That could be. Being Tumblr. It could be. But it's... It, it's, it's good. There, There's nothing there. Because I was looking for it. I was looking yeah. for a reflection or something. Yeah. Because you would think that they would... Okay, back to the cab. Nope, can't see anything. Yeah, there is absolutely no footage of that. That's Tumblr being Tumblr. But that, that, no, I am with Maggie. I know, I'm thinking that'll come. It it may come out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How did he, I mean, I'm thinking that would be way too big a risk. And Sherlock's not ballsy. But, yeah, but this is a case where, like, other people's lives are at stake. Not anymore. True, they think he's dead. Yeah. But, well, the whole, see, the whole plot of The Empty House the next story is that, or the next story in the canon, is that people who, he has been going around and making sure that Moriarty's network is destroyed. Yeah, he's been partly disassembling Partly to it. protect Watson and them, because they know if anybody finds out that he's alive, they are the people who were given their orders by Moriarty are still going to come after him. Yeah, I, I mean, I just found throughout the episode there were just too many instances of Sherlock being caught off guard or uh, being bested. Mm-hmm. That it just didn't feel legit to me. <laughs> so I think that he had the upper hand all the way along, and this was exactly what he wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. Yes. <laughs> well, no doubt. I mean, they've had a while, right? To yeah. kind of. I think they said that they had they had everything planned out before, before. of how they were going to bring it back before they do this episode. Yeah. Because you cannot do that. <laughs> you cannot set up that episode and be like, okay, Mark Gatiss, you just go figure out, figure out how it finishes. Yeah, yeah, no. I, could, I could see coming back to the office on the first day, a nice big round table with writers and editors and staff, and go, okay, so, so how does Sherlock? Sherlock. Yeah. How, we, we killed Sherlock, but he's not dead. How do we bring it back? And everybody sort of looks around at each other going, I don't know. They, they could always yeah. do the... It was just a dream, and he's taking a shower like <laughs> Dallas. Oh, God. <laughs> that was... Oh, God. If they did anything like that, I think the fandom would revolt. I know. That was so... Like, seriously. <laughs> the fandom right now is like a giant vat of acid. Yes. Okay? And it is ready to eat itself. Yes. You apply anything to it. Yeah. And it will explode. You just hope it is a controlled explosion rather than something that goes exothermic on you. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, and I've seen a lot of speculation. Of course, we've seen a lot of speculation. And they've, Moffat and Gatiss have said that the clues are there in the episode of how Moffat and Gatiss can eat me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Rule, as as they, as the Doctor Who fan says, rule number one, Moffat lies. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the thing is, I've seen a couple people, I think it was on the Watch and Sherlock 
podcast or one of them said, you know, they have like rewatch when they were rewatching Scandal Bogravia. They were saying like there were all these theories, and I remember them, all these theories of how things were gonna, how the the cliffhanger in the Great Game was gonna turn out because that was the one with you know it ends with Moriarty getting a phone call out of the blue, and that was definitely not no one expected that right at all. So they were saying, you know, maybe this one is going to be as out of left field and in some ways as much of a disappointment in, in some ways as the other ones. But I think as that cliffhanger. But I think the difference between this one is that one wasn't a mystery where we were presented clues and we had to figure it out. That was just, oh, no, they're in a situation and they have to get out of it. Right. It's not like there was four planning that had to go into that one. This one is a mystery where, you know, we have been given clues and we have to figure it out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it comes together. Now, the the episode on, it's New Year's Day, right? Yep. Is it two hours? Is it one hour? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Same as all the other ones. And so it's simulcast or just in Great Britain? It's in Great Britain. And we, we, we will um, elaborate on that off the air. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in Great Britain or for those who have <clears throat> means. Okay. <laughs> a little piece of computer code. Who know yes. how to solve the mystery. <laughs> a little piece of computer code. One of my keys. <laughs> yes. yes. But yeah, it should be interesting to see how they solve this. I've also seen people say like they wouldn't there is one line in the latest trailer that's come out where they say, where you hear John's voice saying, I don't care how you did it. I want to know why. So someone else was saying, like, wouldn't it be a kick in the nuts if Sherlock starts explaining it? Of course, going on like, aren't I, in his usual, aren't I clever sort of way. And before he gets much out. Tells us how. Any kind of explanation out if John goes, I don't care how, I want to know why, and we and don't we actually never find, find out. out. Yep. I think they've said they no, they do actually explain. Because I think if they didn't explain it, the fandom would revolt. Right. There's there would be pitchforks. There's so much potential for the fandom to revolt, they would think that Mattis Mattis. That's what I'm gonna call them now. <laughs> Mattis. The two squished together, Mattis. <laughs> and I now think of it as a as like a she witch angry serpent. They live a very dangerous life. They live a dangerous existence. Yes, they've got the Sherlockians and the Whovians. Yeah, really. Yeah, Moffat more the Whovians, really, since he's the showrunner. But well, should be interesting too because it, I don't know. This one's going to be real interesting. Well, I do think that he he orchestrated. That's my theory anyway. That mm-hmm. he he was the one playing Moriarty. <coughs> Moriarty killing himself. <coughs> I'm still struggling with that one too because it feels out of character. Mm-hmm. It's like. The ultimate. Well, he found life so boring. He said he was looking for a distraction all of his life, and Sherlock was the best thing he found. And now Sherlock is boring. And now Sherlock Supposedly. is boring. Which I can kind of see. So maybe that was the way Sher- what Sherlock's endgame was. Yeah. Was to appear a little more vulnerable than he really was. So that yeah, and be more boring would- so that Moriarty would think he'd won the game. And therefore want to leave the playing field. Right. So to speak. One way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting. It's gonna, I can't <laughs> wait to see. And they've done a good job pretty much of keeping things under wraps. Yeah. So we will have to find yeah, out Yeah, it's going to be day. interesting. Won't get much it's knitting be, done. Nope. <laughs> no. I mean, we, we generally know in... We generally know with this with this group that, like, when something big is happening on a movie or TV show, the knitting stops. Yeah. 
That's it was when... it was the canary in the mine when we were watching um, <laughs> we were watching Battlestar Galactica with Katie. Hi, Katie. <laughs> um, with the knitting would stop. Yeah, yeah. she because she had already seen most of it. So we'd be sitting there knitting and watching it, and all of a sudden we'd look over and notice that Katie had stopped knitting. It's like, oh crap, something's <laughs> Oh crap, something's about to happen. Because I remember you still knitting through, it was Avengers and the first of the Hobbit movies, and your tension on a sock just went... <laughs> yeah, and the Avengers, the Avengers sock, that one went, went in a fair bit, because like, oh my god, Avengers. But yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm, as I've said before... I was pointing out the whole thing with the truck and everything like that. That I have, I don't really, it's not that I, I really like, that's totally what happened. Right. It's just, that's the, the explanation that I saw within the first couple days after this episode came out that makes sense. And that allowed my brain to stop obsessing about it. That's okay. That's an, that's an explanation that I'm makes sense. I'm also saying that my the brain whole, is okay. he pulled in everything he could to pull off the stunt and the homeless yep. network was a part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. From where he wanted John to be standing. Yeah. Um, uh, the fact that he was knocked over mm-hmm. by yeah. that, that bicyclist. <clears throat> and then it'll be interesting to see how well Molly holds her poker face if she's involved. Mm-hmm. Well, John has not gone to see Molly since the ish- since this, okay. ep- mm-hmm. this thing. Because he can't handle going back to St. Bart's. Yeah. Have you been reading the... There are new posts on the John Watson blog. Really? Have you been reading them? No, 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 no. New. Yeah, there are new posts, and there are dis- there is discussion. There are comments. Yes. Okay, this is something I get to do when I go home now. Yes. But well. yeah. So my, my favorite theory now is just, or the one that calms my brain, is just that Holmes jumps into the truck that is parked below and that has right. suspiciously full bags of something in the back, which could provide a soft landing. Right. Either someone dumps a body briefly out, so in case that John gets around the corner before they see Sherlock. Right. And then Sherlock hops out of the back of the truck takes up position on the pavement while John is knocked out or knocked to the ground and then truck drives out drives off right after someone's gone splat next to them like hello that doesn't make a lot of sense so it wasn't a substitute body that was in fact Sherlock but maybe a substitute body on the ground already or something again in case Watson gets around the building right. before the bicyclist hits him but they when the bicyclist hits him they have a second for Sherlock to pop into place yeah and you're right because and dump the old body into the truck and the truck drives away. Yeah. Again, the timing may not work, but again, this is enough that my brain is just like, okay. Yeah. No, I think it works. And then they 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 wheel them off and then have you know the funeral and whatnot. And mm-hmm. How will how do you think he'll reveal himself to John? Because we've seen the trailers of him walking into the restaurant. <laughs> do you really think he's just gonna traipse into a restaurant and step up to the table? That feels anticlimactic to me. See, I think that does kind of fit Sherlock's Sherlock. arrogance. Okay. Yes, his arrogance. And cockiness and be like, hi, not dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still laying down money that John is going to try and, and rip his face off. Oh, John's going to punch him. Yeah, because John... There will be punching. Because Sherlock would not have the human empathy to figure out, okay, how do I break this to John without destroying his right. brain? Yeah. He just doesn't have that human empathy. And I mean, and like I said, I mean, Sherlock in that case is someone who is not a member of the hardcore fandom <laughs> who can never watch the episode and be like, but he's not dead, so why are you upset? Yeah. <laughs> and the, whereas the fans are John, who are like, but John thinks he's dead. 
Yes. Well, John keeps saying, please don't be dead. So he's going to get his wish. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just going to be two years later after he is finally yeah. starting to come to grips and move on with his life. Yeah. I wonder, do you have a sense or a theory as to how long the time frame will be that he's su- supposedly dead? Uh, I, I think, think I think it months, I think it's, it's actually mentioned on the blog on the blog that it's two years because Michael oh, okay. says in that little mini episode. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's been two years. He's moved yeah. on with his life. What do you mean moved on? I've been away. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Your Highness. So they're actually going to basically real time it. Yeah. Okay. And the you know in this episode it was kind of real time too because she says it's been eighteen months since our last appointment and their last appointment was in the first episode of the series and there was an eighteen month hiatus between right the two series. Well, we now only have a handful of days. I know. The two years has gone slowly but quickly. <laughs> no, but no, 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 no. It's gone slowly. It's, 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 it's dragged. <laughs> yeah, and there's three episodes. Yep. Yeah, so basically we get to have three episodes, and then... Another two-year break. Another two-year wait. <laughs> Depending on Martin and Benedict's schedule. Well, they got to stop appearing in movies together. they got to stop being so damn popular. Yeah. Okay, so shall we call it a night? All right, we good night, shall. everybody. Good okay. night, everybody. Hang in there, people. Stay strong. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1. G E E K two dot M T dash P O C K E T S dot O R G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek Two in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knit one geek two at gmail dot com, or you can find us on Twitter at knit one geek two. Thanks and keep geeking on.